do this. Man, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, P. I, I feel like I, uh, it's weird. Like I'm like weirdly, un- I feel weirdly vulnerable and uncomfortable because we haven't done this in a while. So I feel like I'm out of practice. Yeah. And I feel like, so this episode is going to be about my release for the people by Canem X. That's me. Um, that came out um, August 15th. Um, so it's been out like when we're recording this, it's been out for like 10 days. Um, and so we're going to talk about that, that song and everything. And I, I really look forward to it. Uh, but it's weird. It's going to be weird. I think this is the first time I'm going to be like talking in depth about something I've worked on. So please be kind to me, Prabhu. Ask easy questions to start with and then just come out with like the Hail Mary of hardball questions. What made you think that this is a good idea to record this? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but I think we should start as we always start, right? You got your yeah, drink? And we don't end just as an update in case anyone noticed why we're missing a person. Our our uh, co-host, Zach, is out doing real big musician stuff, playing shows. He's been doing a lot of, I think he's almost got like a show, not a day, but almost like every other day or something. He's out yeah. there hustling and making that guitar money. <laughs> yeah. So follow his Instagram for all the show updates. He's been playing some huge shows and I'm. I'm very impressed. You're pr- I'm proud of my I'm proud. boy. I was like, do I say I'm proud, I'm jealous, or impressed? That's like a nice middle ground. I, I, I'm happy for him. You yeah, know? I mean, the dude works his ass off for it. So yeah, he yeah. It. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's a bit of jealousy. I mean, like, this boy is like, out there playing music and owning Gibsons and, and Axe Effects with, like, no repercussions, it seems. It seems like everything in his life is just <laughs> baller. <laughs> so congrats to you zach um yeah all right we, let's let's start it up let's do the toast well i'm gonna toast to whoever uh whoever i don't know who made the soundtrack to red dead redemption i haven't even actually you know what since i don't know who made the soundtrack to red dead redemption i'm gonna toast to ennio morricone the uh composer for good bad the ugly because it's uh related to oh, nice one of the things I'm going to talk about during these episodes uh, with the song that I've been working on recently. So, yeah. It's got All a lot right. of spaghetti westerns. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, to- toast to the lords and ladies of music. Please be kind to us as we drink and talk about our guitar journey. Uh, you're toasting again. Who are you toasting, Prabhu? Ennio Morricone. He's a, the composer for uh, Good, Bad, the Ugly. Um, and I'm going to go a little bit off uh, the the musical path and just toast to uh, Fred Hampton uh, because my song for the people is like based on Fred Hampton and that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you don't know about the Black Panther Party, he was the chairman in the Chicago chapter and um, just a really really admirable guy in my opinion. Um, so yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, you want me to start it off with the intro? We, well, we oh no, we got a drink. Wow. Take a, a toast without a drink. Thanks. You you gotta you gotta keep me right. I'm all nervous and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. We've got this. It's been a while. This is time for tonal distancing ASMR. <sighs> yeah, it's been a long. It's been a while since we we've done this, so it feels feels good. And you've been working hard on music, so I'm, you've got you got a release out. You did, <laughs> you stuck to your plan. You stuck to it. I stuck. I, I so it's funny enough. It stuck to it. Made that'd be June, right? The deadline to just submit my music. And June, I think. Yeah, end, end of, of June, June. And, and we're coming up at the end of August. And I'm definitely gonna owe you, Zach, and the the tonal dis, tonal distancing advertising, uh, uh, uh fund money because like I am just I'm not close to finishing <laughs> for my August. And I'll, I'll get you on October. Yeah. And to anyone who doesn't know what that means, basically to keep himself on top of uh, putting stuff out, we've, he's got a two-month challenge where if he doesn't submit to uh, music aggregators to like a song for a release at the end of every two months, uh, yeah. he owes Zach and I a little bit of money. and Just for owes- 2021, not forever. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about that. Well, well we, was- no, we did. We were explicit. I was I, I was explicit. All I knew is I was part of this and quickly said, fuck that. And so I 
appreciate your dedication to this. And and I don't want the money. That means that you're putting music out and that we have more episodes like this that we can do. And this this is investing in the tonal distancing fund. Yeah. About. So it's okay. But also, I'll let you know if I do need some money and then I'll distract well, you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I mean, it's it. Uh, every every little bit helps you know you encouraging me to not play music will probably encourage me more like nah fuck fuck that i don't want to probably he's he's pestering me with a lot of videos like i gotta put him on do not disturb and (laughs) shit done yeah all right so uh let's get into the intro um i'm just gonna for the intro i'm going to do the intro of for the people um and it's just like the the first lick um so this is an e-flat right Yes, in E flat. And you're gonna need your your low E string, just so you know. You Are, you're in you're in drop D, right? Nope, I got you in E. Oh, what? I got you in E flat, man. I came, came he's prepared. not. He's no longer hardcore, hardcore people. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it goes like this. And so it's a, it's you know, pretty quick part, but um. I just like it because it's an interesting descent and it's just fun on the fingers. So uh, to break it down, um, you're going to start, it's going from the D string down to the E string. Um, and you, so you start on the D string doing a pull off from seven to five. And uh, then you place seven on the uh, A string. And then it's a hammer-on from five to seven on the E string. And then five on the A string. Turn off my delay. And then uh, and then it's the same uh, seven to five pull-off to seven for, um, between the uh, A string and the E string. And then the last part, uh, I mean, for me, it was tricky. Maybe it's like easy for everyone else, but it's oh, no, a that hand- is hard whenever you have to change positions like <laughs> midway. And then it's a hammer on between three and five on the E string. And then I do it with my ring, uh, my uh, uh, middle finger and pinky because I have to go to the second string on the uh, a sh- uh, second fret on the A string. So that's the last part. Yeah. So I use my I use my middle and my pinky. It looks like your hands are faster than mine. <laughs> no, I, I mean I, I I think I saw you play uh, as you're describing. I saw you play and I was like, wait, I was like fiddling around with it. So you you don't you don't do you do uh, index I, ring yeah index I'm doing again. index ring between five and uh, seven and then when I switch to you know between three five and the second fret on the A string right mm-hmm. I switch to using my Mid, uh, okay. middle pinky and then index so every yeah. finger has this uh, note yep yep God, I find that <laughs> way harder that's the funny part is that. Uh, when you're talking about it's hard, it's it's fun playing this because I'm like, I was curious when you did that because I was like, oh, that would be easier. But to me, that's actually all of these I'm doing like with just this and then switching it to like these two for one. I'm like, oh, God, that feels so weird. Just keep it this way and just move it more. I feel like that was like that was like this, like that. That last bit was like kind of the crux of it. It was like a, it was something I really liked the sound of, but it was like just challenging to kind of fit it in. Let's let's hear it one one way through. Just all, all right. out, all, all out right. live show. Kane and Max live Madison show Square Garden. That's the whole thing. Nice. Oh, the last thing is a strike on the low E string. And is it the whole? Just like the the whole chord. I I just do the low E string. Sorry, I'm just. Changing my delay, I feel like it's too raunchy. Okay, that is conf- uh, that blunt. Okay, I see why you do it. Yeah. 
so yeah that's that's basically it i'm trying to think uh yeah like when i go into like the beginning of the song i kind of start going but it's basically the same concept um, that low E string, just hitting the low E string kind of saves you some time to move your hands back up to get to the chords and stuff. Yeah. Funny enough, what you're playing the Hendrix chord, right? Uh, that's what I, was, I heard. Is it not that? It's it, it's not. But like I've had like conversations like because I, I started re- like really writing this song in like 2018. So it's been with me for like a, a while. And so like... Um, I think we've talked about this before, uh, but like I obviously, you know, adore Hendrix, but I kind of I'm not a big fan of like the Hendrix chord, like because like the Hendrix chord, it's very cool. But I just I prefer minor sevens instead. So that's what I'm playing is a minor seven. Mm -hmm. But I've played this song or, or like, you know, sat down and like played with people and they were curious what I was playing. Every time, almost every time, everyone's like, "Why don't you play the Hendrix chord there?" <laughs> it it changes because that's what it was. It sounded like a Hendrix chord, kind of, but I think yeah. it's because you had the like the octave or whatever that or the seventh. Yeah, yeah the, but it it sounded more melodic than the or not. I don't know if the word's melodic, but like this one has that one dissonant kind of thing in it. That yeah, yeah. The major third that's in there, yeah, the theory. Thing. So the one that the one the one that the one that no, it's the one that's on the off the D string. Yeah, yeah and the, when you played it, it sounded like it rang through like this. What the scale would be like? It felt not cleaner tone wise, but like uh, I don't know. It felt like. Like it, it felt like I could tell where the mel, like it was something that you'd sing. Satin more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like something you'd sing along to more. That was like clearly there's a, I don't know, like a story or something versus just like you know, just like a, like the like kind of the, just vibe out kind of thing. It feels like you're building up to some other chord progression or something. I don't know. Well, well thanks. That's I mean, my I think first it's- feedback. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because uh, we've talked about it before, but I'm like characteristically, I kind of stay within like the scale. Like it's always it's it can be tr- challenging for me to like reach for notes outside of the scale sometimes. And this song is like kind of no exception. There's a few instances where I do, but generally I end up being a very much like this is an E minor. Mm-hmm. I want to play all my chords with notes like, in E minor. Highlight all the yeah. notes that you can play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the but, but the thing is, like, I mean, it's not that that it works. You know, it's not that it it doesn't work. It doesn't. It, it's that like I feel like that's it's only that's kind of natural. I feel like it's like sometimes it's like you ha- have to go out of your way because I I'm kind of similar and like it, it have started to be like oh I played this and it sounds cool and I'm like no play this one wrong because or play this <laughs> one weird because I'm like. Maybe that'll make it less stale or something, but it's like naturally I want to just do like or something, and I, like yeah. versus like or, or just move it down a fret, and you're like, oh, it sounds weird, and it's like I don't know. So I, I get I get what you mean. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's really hard to break out of that, but I think I don't know. I mean, it, it works especially in I think it works in that. Um, like in that riff that that you have yeah yeah that yeah i think it kind of just comes back and that's i feel like it roots it but i mean it's funny like some of the other comments i've gotten about the chord progression and stuff but that one always comes up oh yeah um that's one thing I noticed that you do too differently is that like, so I always, I keep a lot of these shapes as that bar shape and, and kind of traverse through the, the neck. And I, and you sent uh, Zach and I a video recently of like, it was like how to do, how to walk through a whole scale of chords in oh, shit, one yeah. position. It was like the, and then it was like, and like, that was, uh, I want to make sure I shout that guy out. Cause that, I mean, I just kind of follow him on Instagram. He's like another 
person that plays music in New York, but I came across them. Yeah, and it was cool because basically the video was just like, if you Scott Martin, huh? Scott Martin is his name. Scott Martin, yeah, that yeah, yeah, we that that video it was that that really like was so different to me because it, it like it was just like a box in the same box he's do he's going through a chord and all that stuff and like so when i was watching what you were playing you were doing some chords like that but then you were doing some that are like just barring the notes and not just keeping like all of it moving up and down with the same shape and i was like oh that that actually makes it so much harder for me to like look and see what to do because i'm like because I can just kind of keep the yeah. root note around and then just keep like. I think that's just more of ease of playing. So basically, like, I just use like the open G kind of. If I play G, uh, I play G with just the three string, just D, G, and B. Right? That's G. So I can shift that up to C and shift that up to D. So C would be on the fifth fret if you bar all that, and then D would be on the seventh fret if you bar uh, the I D string, the G string. That way. That's like that's like a you know rest in peace piece uh, Charlie Watts, but that's like uh, Rolling Stones stuff. Like um, uh, what's that song? Brown Sugar. Yeah, that's that's cool because it's like I I I'm thinking of it in terms of like fretting it from where like you would solo or something, but then like that I mean yeah, that's really just playing that chord or at the major, but like that's so much yeah. harder this way. Like I always found it hard. Like I actually never play the major this way anymore. Uh, like yeah. all three notes, I always just skip the note in between. Uh, I just skip it, and then if I want, wait, which note in between? The uh, so like say you're playing a a D major mm-hmm. on the fifth fret, I wouldn't play the G string. I would just mute it. Really? Oh, wow. Yes, I just mute it here. I mean, you're just missing wh- the octave, right? No, uh, yeah, I'm miss- I'm just missing the octave. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and then what I would do, is, but then I'll I I like doing it to that major seven chord. I think it's major seven, and then adding that in yeah. between on that. So I'll play it there, but it's pretty much always muted there. So I always play. Like, I've always muted. But, like, if you want to play the full thing. See, to me, that makes so much more sense. But then it's funny how you're like, oh, whoa. And I'm like, wait, I'm like watching you play this way. And I'm like, this is a D major. (laughs) I mean, it's like it's things like I mean, to get into it is like when you when you play like with like. You know, a lot. If I'm playing the full D, right? I'm not gonna play the high E string or the low E string. But if I start on five on uh, the A string and then seven on the uh, D, G, and B string, just a regular D chord. Mm-hmm. The thing that I like about it is you get that pinky action. Um, yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah. This this holds you. That and maybe that's why I don't do that that much because I'm always stuck at playing a major in this shape versus like having that pinky available to like yeah interesting and then and then once you get re- i mean this is like the tangent of if i stick in on the d chord but in e in e minor right i get access to like different things if i if i you know move if i don't use my uh in, if i don't do the full one and just get rid of the a string just play the d g and b string on the seventh fret i get you know the same sort of pinky action thing I was doing earlier but you also get like ring finger action if you go like on the G string of full fret and then you even get like more pinky action going a step and a half above the B string and then you can do It sounds like a mix of a couple. It sounds like hypnotized with system down, but you're playing then. There's this, I forget what it's called, but uh, it's a song that it, that really reminds me of it. There's a song that 
sounds just oh it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> eat at me all episode i'm not even gonna listen to your song i'm just gonna be i'm just, no, you're good, you're I'm just gonna be tuned out like what was that song um but yeah the that that's cool though so this so were you so I know you're going to probably be showing the song in like different parts of the song so we can kind of dissect it. Um, before that, I'm curious, did you, with that riff, was that something that you were, yeah, so this song, and you toasted to the Black Panther Party, uh, what was the person's name? Fred Hampton, the Black Panther Party Chicago chairman. Uh-huh. Um, there's a movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, that, mm-hmm. that movie is about fred hampton and that's actually probably what inspired some of the lyrics too that's awesome yeah i need i need to check that out i was curious if like the musically um not necessarily lyrically like in terms of like how you structure the riffs or like what you wanted the sound to be was there any like influence that kind of or was it just a riff that you had and then you're like you know what i think this would be good for to write about this or did you kind of work backwards from like I want to write a song about, you know, Fred Hampton and and the Chicago like Black Panther Party. And then you're like that kind of determined maybe the sounds or you you make me really want to say I wish that I wrote this all just like, oh, this is all going to be about Fred Hampton. But like I said, the riff was in like 2018. The lyrics probably started in like 2020. Mm-hmm. Like I, I and I definitely had like I'll like open up like a text document and um, I've doing, been doing this a lot more with my lyrics and I kind of write out like what the idea I want to talk about. So I maybe wrote like a, a one or two verses based more on uh, the book. Uh, and I th- I'm, I'm blanking on the author, but it's the assassination of Fred Hampton. Uh, the, I think it's like the assassination of Fred Hampton, how the FBI like covered up his murder or played a hand in his murder. Um, so from that book, as you know, listening and reading to that, reading that in like maybe like 2019. And um, I kind of was like trying to pull, pull things from there, just specifically about Fred Hampton and then more about like his assassination and things. And actually that's kind of part of like more of the basis of the, of like the, I think the second to last pre-chorus in the song is kind of more focused on that book. So I think I wrote that stuff like really like in 2020, but like the, the meat of like the lyrics didn't come until like uh, late 2020, early 2021, especially after seeing Judas and the Black Messiah. So the riffs are completely different. I think what I want to say is like, I I love to be able to say that like, I thought in the mindset of like, you know, revolutionaries of that time. So um, of like Fred Hampton and maybe like Asada Shakur, Angela Davis. And I I forget what book it is. Um, It might be in Asada Shakur's book, but they mentioned that they they would listen to like Street Fighting Man by like the Rolling Stones that like amped themselves up before like they went and protested and things. So I would love to say that I try to write the music stylistically in the the time, but I didn't really try to do that. It just happened to like you know fit that way, and it's like an afterthought where I kind of was like, oh, it's kind of cool that like you could you know say that this song has maybe some tones or some idea or, or sound of the era that he would have been, you know, alive, uh, you know, with the Black Panther Party. I can't say that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not like, <clears throat> that's still cool. And uh, there's nothing like, no, that wasn't a like, oh, did you do this cool thing? Or did you just do this? It, it, like that, I'm more just curious because we've been talking, um, especially with some of the like guests that we've had on in the past about like songwriting and stuff like that. And I, I was just curious kind of uh, <clears throat> just kind of how you um, went about that. I mean, I mean, you might not have implicitly like, or like gone about it writing backwards, but it doesn't, it does sound like a song from like that seventies era or like, yeah, I was going to say actually the riff kind of reminds me of a, Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. It's a little oh, less wow. chromatics in it, but it, it reminds yeah. like the 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 jumping of the uh, like yeah it, minus the 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 crawling up the thing or whatever. But it, it kind of reminds me of playing Black Dog. Yeah, I was like, oh, 
Yeah, it, it definitely that descent coming down on it. Yeah, I, I suck at playing that song. <laughs> I always suck at that song. Um, but uh, the yeah, no, it's cool. It's um, definitely it's definitely like a catchy. I, I like that it too. It starts at kind of the. It doesn't start at the root. It starts at the like. Like you start the fourth. Yeah. So it, it's not, it feels like it's kind of starts in the middle. It's like starts as a buildup or starts as like a transition. So yeah. Versus going like, <laughs> all I can remember is like the, because I hadn't really, like it came out in the 15th and I was lazy that day, which is not good when you release a song. And so on the 16th, I started, I was, that was like the start of me actually like kind of promoting it, putting out an ad, reaching out to people, asking them to listen and, and thank, thank everyone for listening. And, and thank you if you listen to it in the future. It means, it means a tremendous amount uh, to me. I know everyone has, you know, things in their life, things that they have to do and, and to take time to just listen to my thing, even if it's like you're driving or you're washing dishes and listening to it means a lot. I know you could listen to 10 million other things and I appreciate anyone that listens to my stuff. Um, but it was before I really started promoting it. Like I get a voicemail from like my dad <laughs> and he's just like, Oh my God, I heard your new song. Like everything from like when it started to like throughout the whole thing. I fucking love everything. And well, that's, it, that's it, it was funny. Cause like, he's like, even like how it kicks off. It's just like, and you're talking about the same thing as it like, kind of kicks off where it feels like something's happening and I didn't really think about it that way, but it's cool that people are kind of getting that impression that it's like, it's just kicking off. Yeah, that's dope. <clears throat> yeah. It kind of starts just, it's not like a, it just starts at the same intensity, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so do you want to break down some of the, the, the you, behind you, the scenes you, you tell me what people. scenes you want to see <laughs> well i mean um i i, I want to see kind of just like your recording process oh god what, just i mean you just you know, everyone ready for probably to critique me yeah i just want to see like, probably the real recording master i'm just <laughs> i'm just a poser no but, that's not that's not true at all the all right. um the yeah, I'm I'm curious of just like um I know that we've talked about like recording processes in the back and the past and like some some of it from like how you know collabing on stuff and how kind of we approach things uh differently or just even like um like the from talking on the show of like uh like one of the things we've talked about is like <clears throat> um like recording with practicing and stuff like that. And um, I was curious, like, so like for this, uh, maybe let's say for this song, do, do you go through like recording a full like demo? Is this like, is this the same recording file that you do when you, when you start recording? Is that the same file that you do that like whatever gets on the record, that's the, that's what you started the idea in? Or do you do like, <clears throat> kind of like iterative like version one is just, just as me just spitball and put all this shit out there get this whole song and then when you actually go to record because you, you've talked about that where right now like in the past you've kind of done that way but now you're trying to do things like <clears throat> you know mixing as you go and stuff like that yeah but it's one of the things i find and um like in this especially with the song that i'm gonna show is like i have like the thing I'm trying to come at is like having a million different versions of a song. Yeah. Um, so I, I was curious if like, <clears throat> just kind of how you, you know, went about recording the song. Did you um, like, what did that look like? I know you said you, you started the song or you had the riff from 2018. But you started recording it this last year. Um, what did that look like in terms of recording? Does it just an easy process of you had a whole song written and then you went to record or was it like you got this far and then cool, I'll come back to this later and just insert chunks. So um, it, it, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. I, I think it depends. Like I feel like at the end of when I was recording, it really became an iterative pro process where, okay, I have the full 
like composition done and how I want like the like order of it to go. I had that completed. And once I had that completed, it just becomes I, I started doing an iterative process where um, what I would do is I would go through and record each instrument. Right. I, I'd record, you know, rhythm guitar one. And then regardless if that was great or not. Right. I'd, it, it's by a day. Right? I do like five takes of rhythm guitar one. If I wasn't happy with it, whatever. I failed on rhythm guitar one that day. Let me move to rhythm guitar two for the next day. Mm-hmm. And then do five of those. And then I go to the bass, do five of those. Go to the vocals, do five of those. And I use software drums, as you can as you can see here. So there's not much I can do there. It's it's perfect every time. <laughs> um, but I, that, that's what the process became at the end is because like I'd get too transfixed on like one thing. And instead of like getting transfixed on it, just iterate through it until one of those iterations, it's good. And then I can like take out like rhythm guitar one. And I don't have to do that. That's not part of my iterations anymore. I'll go through everything. Okay, I can take out the bass now. So that's kind of what it became in the end. But at the beginning of it, this was a different project. I mean, the song was called like Turn It Around originally. And so I have files named Turn It Around or TIA mm-hmm. on my on my computer. And I even have lyrics. And it was basically, it was more, ended up being more of like a relationship song. Um but it just never like sat fully well with me. So uh, that's why those lyrics like never made it like out of kind of like, I didn't even record like the vocals for them using those lyrics. That's how much like I wasn't like that attached to those lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like the, the song structure was a little bit different. Like uh, I think it's, what's really funny is that it took me, it took me like a year and a half. It took me until like 20, 2019, 2020 when I really started recording this to find like this, like one chord, one transition. And it's actually like that intro transition I was playing for you earlier, right? So if I play it from right here, that's how it starts, right? But that becomes useful when I transition from my, this is like the intro. This is supposed to be an intro solo, but I just jammed to it. I didn't, I didn't want to clutter it with another lead guitar. But that same riff becomes kind of the transition between like the intro to the verse here, I believe. Here. So that same look, lick, it took me like a year and a half to find and place that because originally it just, it didn't go through that. It just went through this descent into the verse without the little lick. When you said it, <laughs> when you said it takes uh, like a year and a half, that made me feel so much better because I have a song <laughs> that I'm like, I've been sitting on for a long time and I, I've had songs where I've sat on for like, a long time and I have to remember that like oh yeah you, you remember you sat on this for a long time but like recently I'll ha- I've will i been thinking about that where I'm like why isn't I have you know haven't written this into a song yet or uh, like and it's easy to just think like only like you're the only person that takes a long time to write a song or something or or that like you know you just like just reminding yourself about like uh, that, like for <laughs> you just most, feel like you're being lazy and not like productive. Yeah, or like for the songwriting thing, it's like you you know sometimes it's it, it'll just hit that that thing. It sometimes it's better to just either for, either completely force it or just fucking leave it. Just record the idea, and leave it, and come back to it. But yeah, that makes me feel a lot better because I was like, oh. Phew. Okay, I have a song that I like. I have I, like a riff took me like a year to think of like the right part that fit. I mean, like, I, it, you know, I'm normally from the school of like just get it done, right? So, um, I still go back to like sometimes it just takes time, right? And sometimes it's just not the song's time to be finished. And knowing when it's time to just get the thing done and when it's time to wait is is really challenging to like really understand where that sits generally i still think i like to be in the camp of like it needs to get done because i was able to get other songs finished while i was contemplating what to do here but i think that's the main thing is uh for me like when i was contemplating what to do in just that small portion right 
I kept on working on other things. I kept on, I, and I finished other projects and other songs and got those out of the way. Um, and and I, I feel like I'd feel silly if basically I stopped in my tracks because this song wasn't working out. Like when something doesn't work out and you and you feel like you can't do anything about it, like just give it some time and make sure you, but make sure you continue to work on other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you're yeah it's like you're gonna spend all your time otherwise just thinking about it rather than just doing it yeah all right how else do you want to dissect this song what else do you want to see you want to look under the hood and 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 uh make no, some I'm, notes i want to hear the criticisms what criticism i just want to see what what you want to look at under the hood and 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 be like ah foolish <laughs> Foolish. If you want, I'm just I'm being I'm being a uh, 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 destructive of my of my own work, the, even though I'm happy with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it, it is I like uh, seeing how other people do like like I nerd out about recording and stuff like that, and and seeing how like people kind of like the meta recording stuff of like yeah. not just the music, but like how people organize certain things, like. Uh, I didn't color code anything, which I wish yeah, I did. But yeah, yeah, like the color coding, like that's something, like <clears throat> like the like the color coding or um, like naming for tracks. Because because I think and in Logic, those what you have are like stacks, right? Those are like buses, basically. This yeah, that's this is a folder stack, so it's kind of bust, but it's not really. So if I pull up the mixer view. So in the mixer view, let me see. Um, so basically, in the mixer view, this is what it is. So both of these tracks go through this pseudo bus. Like I think it's actually a bus, a bus in, in Logic. But it's like basically when you select, uh, like, because this is a dummy uh, file, anyways. I, I saved separately for the show. But um, in Logic, I do this a lot. Um, whoops! Sorry, sorry. Right. You do that a lot. You just screech. Yeah, very just loud screech logic. very loud. Oh, I'm using the wrong button. Okay, so if I select both of those, like command select both of those, and I do create track stack. Yeah, it's just like a, a stacked folder. Now I can manipulate the volume of each of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always use the summing one. So, and that I think the reason is I always like the because it's like an actual you know. bus, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and that was. I'm not smart. No, I mean, I mean, it depends on what you want to do with it, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I got used to, like, when I learned with Reaper, and learned, like, Reaper does it where folders are just buses. I didn't actually really get like how buses and stuff kind of worked when I first started recording. I just was like, you put it into a folder, and all of it, you know, what you put on the folder does everything to something else. And I was like, what's a bus? And I was like, uh, but Logic, I think, had that thing. So I was like, okay, I'm just, oh, and I, I have Logic, and I use it for some things so um but i've definitely learned to use buses more um this isn't the first track i did it but i've I've gotten better and better about having my buses so all these stuff so you said the the drums that you use are logics um like the drum vst that comes with logic right yeah Um, um in terms of writing drums um do you um i know you play drums um, when you program drums, do you, do you kind of, uh, like, what does that look like? Do you ever like ever write something out on drums first and then translate that into, um, your program drums or do you just kind of treat it like it's a separate thing and then you just kind of visualize it and then. So yes, uh, in this instance, like normal, like, I mean, obviously like you can drum on your, your, your. Uh, thighs with your hands and everything. And that's like something I, I you know, I think every drummer kind of comes to do just to practice when they don't actually have a kit. You know, for this song, actually, I have to really uh, thank uh, Austin, AK7A, who played with uh, me and the Maymoons. Um, and we would just jam through this song and he kind of inspired how the drums come out. So, um, like the main beat, it, it, it's mostly the main beat. So this is really annoying. Get out of my way, uh, thing. Anyway, the main beat. Um, if I go here, 
kind of like some of that. Just those hits that kind of sync up with everything. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how he played it. And so I'm kind of that way where like I kind of enjoy like everything kind of syncing up in the beat. So um, yeah, the way he played it is kind of how I, I mimicked it there. And then that kind of like holds true for the verse and chorus. And then I kind of just cheated um, here in the pre-chorus. This is probably just all Logic drums that was figured out. Like normally when you have like a Logic drums, like without switching it to MIDI, it, it's this yellow stuff. And if you know Logic, you know that's what it is. Um, but you can convert your um, yellow bits to MIDI. Um, and that's basically what I drummer. did here. I don't really use the drummer thing on it. So I, don't, I don't really know. Uh, okay. So this is probably just pre-programmed. So if I... Uh, I don't want to bounce in place. I so want to... The audio. All right. The... Where is it? Oh, uh, that's, I was just saying the bounce in place is probably going to make it an audio track, right? And that's not what you want. No, that's not what I want. So I'm going to just delete this, whatever. That's fine. So, oh. Well, that's interesting. So they've basically, is it the same kind of concept as the drumming thing on GarageBand? Because I've used that on the iPad. Probably. Um, like So like, I switched this beat, right? Because I live for the people. So the thing I like about it in, in, and logic is I, I I use this a lot. Um like I, I I'll use this for the small pieces of um that are annoying to program, like hi-hat. So I can get how loud and stuff I want everything to sound and say that I think that's good. Actually, you know, let's say I think that's good, right? Um I can then just now convert to MIDI region. And then all my i hat hits have you know slight variations and things, and then I can go and switch where I want my snare. I'm gonna just put them in crazy places. Awesome. So you can get kind of like the rough, the rough. Yeah, thing. I use yeah. it for the rough sketch. So yeah, that's why the, the snare sounds funky because I'm just moving at random places. And then the other thing is just like the fills at the end, like. I don't have time to go program a bunch of different fills. I'll go and program specific fills, like the intro fill. I programmed that, but I probably started with like a logic um, drum track uh, first, converted that to MIDI, and then moved things around. Um, Because sometimes it doesn't do good things, uh, do so well with uh, like three, four timing. Like I don't think it. I think that's like half me programming it, half logic making decisions i was was gonna say is that 12 8 on the top that's the that's the tempo that or the 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 like time signature yeah time signature that you're in i was gonna say i was like what what is 12 8 how does that uh, so you count 12 8 as 1 2 3 2 2 3 3 2 3 4 2 3 1 2 3 2 2 3 3 2 3 4 2 3 people will call it 6 8 also yeah i was gonna say what's the different is that just because you get like the the in-between notes like for like up off note or whatever you call it it's to define a measure so i use 12 8 to define a measure if this was 6 8 right this would be uh, like measure 24 if this was in 6 8 but i can have one measure in 12 8 so it just doesn't it doesn't really make a difference to me but um and so like you can think of six eight as really a swing beat but with only two strong beats in a measure while 12 8 is a, still a swing beat, but you now have four strong beats in a measure. So it's more, to me, I always think it's more similar to 4 4. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be like you could, the other way you, you, you know, skin this cat is you, you uh, do 4 4. I, and I used to do this before I really knew about 12 8 timing. I used to do things in 4 4, but then use triplets everywhere. And that's just way more of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just use 12 8 and you just use eighth notes everywhere instead of, you know, four four with triplets everywhere. Oh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, one, two, three. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, triplets get really confusing to program drums for me. Like it's um, <clears throat> like it, it gets 
it, I feel like I'm in a different like language or something when I have to program triplets. There we go. Yeah, I mean, this is this is my life. I because I don't have like an external keyboard, but it's this stupid ass triplet button, and then plugging in notes one by one if I really want to do it. What is that? This is the step input keyboard. So like, if I want to actually put something in, right? Let me go back. Um, let me just go back here. It's uh, not the that's not the keyboard that you can actually play on. That's so great. I'll do eighth note. So. Nope, you're not going to hear it because I don't have the right thing selected. All right, let's try this guy. And I've let's never do... used this thing. I just know that like C1 and D1 are your kick and snare. So now I've programmed kick and snare. So that's, you know, you get to know what note means what. Like if I pull up the piano roll. Yeah, I was going to say, is this different than the piano roll? So the piano roll like shows you kind of what notes you know you're playing and this yeah. tells you explicitly but like using the piano I mean again it's probably different versions of logic and I just got used to old version of logic and I use this all the time but I use this a lot to just uh like list out things and write out things uh you know it feels a little bit quicker from here the other thing you can do if if I'm extra lazy is I'll Pull up this uh, to make a beat. And you can do that. And you can actually like, record while doing this. Like but old run DMC song. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's just like some of the things you can do to like program drums and stuff in logic and some of the things I've used, but uh, I think we digress. What was uh in uh, doing this, was there anything like recording-wise that you felt like you're, like, you learned a lot, or was it was like a big like, like what was was there a moment in this that you felt? Because um, one of the things we talked about is like, you know, plugins and like how I, I nerd over plugins or whatever, and you were talking about like how <clears throat> that's been something that you're like, you uh, you didn't have. Uh, necessarily until recently i don't know if that was with this song you're talking about like a multi-band like really shaping the sound or something was there something here that you feel like the recording process uh because i know you're not you're you mic your amps and all that kind of stuff well versus this is the first one i didn't mic an amp this is all strymon iridium so if you're talking about this is the first one i just decided to go direct in with the strymon but you're you're still like using an external you're not using a, a a vst amp or something like you're not recording the di into like once the guitar is committed in logic it's committed it's not like yeah yeah i mean like the the, the amp that, and the cab is all like selected before it goes in but right, that's a big is, step for me i'm not that is, no that's it's I'm, I'm so proud of you terrible step I'm, i think i'm so proud of you welcome to the 21st century i just <laughs> and also budget recording but the uh the oh if you consider axe fx budget yeah, recording, i know i mean then. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the three thousand dollars. Yeah, the um. Not, do, you, do you want to start recording on a budget first? I have three thousand dollars. Yeah. The, um, but but so um, basically a lot. So a lot of that tone is still kind of shaped outside. Like aside from the drums, which I know is like a like a, you're using a drum plugin, but like from the guitars or bass or anything that you're doing, is there something that you feel like? the mixing or recording process kind of really shaped that sound or like something that if you were to, you know, you were to play and then you were to like take out the effects on it or something and you're like, Whoa, that's the same track. Like that's like, uh, was there any question? Cause that's something I love just sitting there and doing sometimes when I, um, uh, some does have this button that you can like turn off all mixing, uh, like all the insert sends, um or inserts and uh it it's kind of fun to just do it and then you're like listening to your song and then you turn all the plugins that you've added off and you hear your song go back to like you know and then like the hulk goes down to like uh just the <clears throat> just like the yeah, human back thing. to bruce banner yeah <laughs> yeah back come on to you don't banner. know bruce banner i i David uh, banner? yeah i could think of the actor's name before i was like wait i <laughs> um 
the the yeah like it, it kind of like shrinks a lot or something like that like uh i was curious if there's something like that because I, I that that to me will be a way to like kind of gauge as i go along of like you know <clears throat> recently i've i've tried to focus more on like the take and like the 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 like get as much in that you like from the get-go and then don't do as much shaping or, or, or like viewing the mixing process a little differently i think before i used mm -hmm. to be like i ah, just put whatever the fuck in there and i'll we'll fix that shit in post and like <laughs> uh um but the, i'll reamp this yeah there there are a lot of times i think that it is really the mixing part is just as and i've said this in a different episode the mixing part is just as much a creative part as the like actual recording and writing to me so what's something in here that you feel like really <laughs> so this is kind of even the the mix and post thing is uh i'm gonna just play a section of a vocal take and to your point this is i geeked out about using a multi-band uh, uh multi-band compressor for the first time and this was specifically to reduce some of the, the popping of my peas i think um so this is with it I will die, die for the people. Okay, I'm not gonna listen to my voice all day. Um, so, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, keep that, keep that shit going, man. Bump it up. All right, all right here. It's... I will die, die for the people. So there's some peace. Cause I live, live for the people. I will die, die for the people. Maybe that wasn't the section. There was a section here that, like, the peas were like, ugh. <laughs> getting rid of these fucking peas. Mm -hmm. oh, I will die, die for the people. Cause I live, live for the people. Oh, I'm sure it's that one. My life, life, live, live for the people. My life is for the people. Cause I love, love the people. I think it's like that P right there. Huh, um, so. That. Yeah, it bothered me. People, people, <laughs> people love, love the people. I think that's like a little bit more evened out. I'm just going to take out both compressors because I don't know which one it is. Love, anymore. love the people. I don't, I, there's something, I think it's like that one, but it was like one of the P's I really didn't like. And then I used the multi band and it kind of like sub, subdued them. And I was like a lot happier with it. But that was like one of the instances where like, I have, I mean, you can see all the vocal takes I did, but like, oh, I guess there's only three there. And then I think there's probably like three here. There's six. And then I had another one that I just deleted since this is the final project. Um, I do a lot of, I like, I have an old project, but I'll do cleanups of like my project. Like, cause I had a condenser mic, mic that I was singing into. This one was just a dynamic mic. Um, and yeah, uh, I did multiple takes of this, but this is the only one that like really felt the best at the point in time where it's like, okay, I have to be done with this. And this one sounded the best. And I just worked with the that compressor to like make it sound the best of the best take that I did. Even if it may not be the most stellar take, it's the best one I could do. And I was like, I got to just finish this shit <laughs> and I'll throw a compressor on. So that was yeah. one of the things I, I geeked out about. Nice. Yeah, uh -huh. I mean, I don't, I don't like, I mean, I, like you were, I feel like you were going into this and, and creating a narrative for what it is I'm going to like be saying, because I feel I, uh, you were like, oh, I just, 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 just do your worst. I was like, no, man, I just want to geek out and <laughs> see what you're doing. And I just want, I, I, I love seeing like, like how people go about, um, writing stuff and like what um or and just like use just see and learn how different people do stuff because like um yeah it's it's um it's it's to me like watching someone who like their approach to guitar or something like that and be like oh you do it yeah. this way like that's it's an interesting way to do it and then sometimes it can be like this part can be the process that like you know f f makes or breaks a track like you could record a great track and then like 
do something in here that really fucks it up <laughs> and then yeah. or do something here that like um really makes it shine yeah and i think a lot of people that that's one of the things that can happen to is like when you're list when you're trying to find a guitar tone um <clears throat> you know I, I, like that's something growing up when i first started playing guitar i never thought about was like you know i always wanted you know to get a guitar tone that really sounds like you know uh, like kurt cobain or or yeah. uh, darren Malakian or something like that but then like you know you'll play and you're like but why does it just not sound as yeah why is it like you know when i play chugs fast like and and then you're like um like why is just just not cut or like stop as frequently you're realizing there's an engineer who's like you know tailing off the things or compressing the guitar signal or, or noise gate or something like that and and stuff like that of like how it shapes that tone so much or like when the band goes to a dip they work with a different producer or something like that their sound can sound so different yeah um but yeah um i think it, one thing is i i i think it's just a standard thing that people will always tell you is just just get a good take or get the best take that you can mm -hmm. um and start with good recording so i kind of i i feel like um I try to to start off with that and not try to like overindulge in in this portion of it. Like if it's not coming good uh, through well, just for my guitar and and like whatever amp or or cab sim I'm using, like I, I go back and restart from there. You know, mm -hmm. um, so like one of the things I do want to say is like I know we talked about this before, but like keeping in like subtle imperfections. I, I think I keep this in, but when like the guitar, the lead guitars kind of trade off. Um, in two tracks and one thing that irritates me is like I accidentally like I if you look at all my guitar tracks I actually double the tracks like the Iridium has a left and right out everything is actually just like for a single guitar like one rhythm guitar is in the left ear the other rhythm guitar is in the right ear but I have double tracks in each of them because um, I think I use a stereo amp from the Iridium so like there's just very subtle dis differences that you can't really hear mm -hmm. Um like but using one cab impulse or something on a different one makes it produces a different yeah yeah they, they have like stereo cab impulses so like there are slight variations between yeah. each ear um and so like it doesn't really make a difference i could have just done so one guitar it's not that you don't you still double track it but you keep the original stereo left right yeah but i but like like i said i just i panned both of these to the left somewhere even though it says left oh, right oh so you pan that in the bus or something yeah mm. but even like here like this this lead guitar is left right pretty much <laughs> like it, it's like there's subtle differences but like i it, it'd be better if like i hard panned and then slight panned or something but i, I just didn't have time for that mm -hmm. but um the one real thing i want to talk about is like subtle mistakes or subtle weird things that i think let me make sure i'll check my automation so one thing like I kept in is like these little like scratches as one guitar switches from to another. And I don't know, maybe people don't like it, but I like kind of the feeling that you hear like one guitar switching to the other, like right here. So that little like chirp that you get before you go mm -hmm. into the guitar. Like I was gonna like take it out because like, oh, that's like bad like that's not like a good thing to like you hear like essentially it sounds like almost like a guitar being plugged in but i kind of liked that feeling could you play it again i want to because like, yeah yeah sometimes having very subtle in, i mean that guitar being plugged in can give sometimes that effect too if done right of like you are watching someone play live or something and just like crank up yeah. that volume knob i think it's just like my pick scrape <laughs> I hear that like kind of like I kind of like it though it kind of gives it like that uh like like yeah that, uh, yeah punk <laughs> like it, it, it like it's like how if you you know people do the like like that kind of thing I don't yeah, know yeah. That, like I I always suck that pixelized but the um yeah that like I, I think like you said it's like you gotta at the end of the day have fun with that and I think that sounds like had you not mentioned that I probably, I was it, just like, it, it's like a yeah, subtle detail, but like, I, it's funny, like the small things that you gr like grapple with and like debate, but like, 
sometimes it's like, oh no, that's kind of like a it has a it has like a subtlety where it, it's not like this perfect this perfect guitar comes in. It's like no, like I always think about it, it's like it's the person that's like coming like just plugged in and like they just made it in time yeah. <laughs> to play this song or some shit. Yeah, they're like but. you wake up and then you do your you did your like um like that one job or something. With the, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's more or less what's going on. I mean, there's there's funny things here where I like the 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 original part here. Um, I am. Uh, like the bass was actually playing something, and I was too lazy to re-record the bass, and I just cut out the parts after it after the pa- fact instead of re-recording the bass. But that's mm-hmm. if I was a better person, I'd just go and re-record it because it it probably yeah, wouldn't man. have been that hard. It's, but uh, yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta do, you just gotta do what is like, you know, it. it's intentional, but no, I know what you yeah. mean though. It's, uh, no, that's cool. I mean, I think that, um, I think that it's, it's cool to see, cause I know that we've kind of taught, like we've worked on some stuff on like, you've sent me files and stuff like that, but I, yeah, like it's cool to kind of see even just like, I think with recording and stuff over just the last like year or so, I feel like you um, were, I know you were talking about like wanting to do more with like mixing and mixing your own stuff and get into like, you know, doing that. And that's dope. You're like doing the owning that supply chain from from (laughs) start to finish. Yeah. All right. So any, any final questions on the mix? Can I can I hide my my hard work? <laughs> you don't need to hide shit, man. The things out there. The true, uh, any true. final questions on the mix? Well, is I'll I'll kind of turn it on you. Is there anything that you have that like your like you? I don't I'm know. A, like I'm geeked about. Yeah, you're geeked about, or you think that like maybe you felt like it was something that you felt like you know how you, you know you'll send me a you know say you send me a bounce or something you're like hey you know I, I can't get this to sound this way or i can't like is there something that you feel felt that specifically you might have struggled with mixing wise or recording wise or or something that you're like hey do you have a you know pointed piece of advice for that might be better than <clears throat> I think, uh, well, one thing I, uh, I always struggle with vocals. Like, I think it's both uh, personally, like, vocals I, are the thing I could probably give the, the worst advice on. That's the thing. I, we're both guitar players. Yeah. First. So I think when it comes to <laughs> mixing vocals, that's, that's something I'm, I'm like, I, yeah. I do it and I, and I, I know how to do it. It's just that, like, I do, I worry about it last, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It should be the last thing I think, in in some regards, that you you kind of like worry about. It's like the last thing I really record or get into recording. Um, but yeah, vocals. It's just always challenging. Like I, I think I've, I'm, you know, every time I do it, I get better at like the compression, the EQ that I want. Um, also, I think the main thing for me is just paying attention to what frequencies I'm using on every instrument, and also getting better at mixing. Um, mixing with like the full sound like typically like i don't mix like you know i don't solo this i don't that's know good. If that's a uh, that's actually a thing yeah i did a lot like i would never do this anymore i probably did it in the past but it's like something i've definitely gone away from and in this one i went away from it too i i had to get kick that habit too because like i uh i d- used to solo a lot while mixing and not i i mean i'll solo here and there to like yeah. to like really hear like what was the f- change of something or to really like hone in on something specific um <clears throat> but yeah i mean i think that um um the thing like that i uh not even just from a mixing standpoint uh it, it like it is mixing it very much is mixing but like one of the things that i find and with the vocals is like leveling yeah and, uh getting the vocals that sweet spot of the vocals not sounding too forward oh, man. and sitting on top too much and 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 not 
but not being buried. And because that, that was the yeah. feedback I was getting from my bandmate um, was um, from a producing standpoint of like, because he was saying like, <clears throat> he's been a, he's been there before too, where it's like the vocals will be kind of that buried layer. Yeah. Um, because I, and part of that is I know, I know I'll be like, I know the beat is mixed good. But yeah. I'm like, I know I'm not as confident with the vocal mixing part. So like, keep that shit a little everyone, lower. Everyone <laughs> probably is very cocky about his mixing. It is good. It is no, good. No, I mean, he I knows. Mean, it's, he it's knows more, what he's doing with his mixing. It's more just like I until he gets the vocals. <laughs> but that's a, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Because like the um for me like vocals and stuff like I, that's that thing. I'm like I will. I rather now would like do i like doing experimentation for like sounds and stuff but like no nah, i'm like no nah, i gotta take my time and earn and like make sure i don't fuck this up too because like yeah vocal yeah so um what was your question with the vocal i know you mentioned the vocal and what you maybe didn't do or did you have a question with it or was that just something that you were no nah, i just vocals are always just tricky for me like i just never it's the last thing I do, and I, I it's always like the one of those things where it's like, am I it, the, I'm too am I too forward? Am I too set in the mix? Mm-hmm. I just I, it's just something I always struggle with. I use a spreader to make it more like more stereo, and that I think that helps me feel a little bit better. But I, I just never know really what I'm doing until it's done, and then I just stop worrying about it when it's finished. No nah, man, congrats on the release. That's thank you. That's a big. Uh... That's a big feat, and I, I like the promo that you've been doing with it. I like the uh, the content of the song. I like the uh, kind of the energy that you have with it, and I think that um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that it's it's cool. It's it's thanks. It's a good follow up to. It kind of reminds me of one of your older songs. I don't. I don't know if it was like Black Mamba Blues or something, or uh, uh, probably. Uh, let me see. There's uh, something. It was, I don't know if it was on the May Moons or your other album. That you- I mean, the May Moons is pretty much <laughs> my first one. And the May Moons one is like basically the one I'm, I'm happy with. The uh, The first EP was just like, I, I'm just trying to like make a Get single out. step, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like what? Um, Black Mama Blues is like... And then there's uh, It's All Right. Flat. Yeah, that, maybe that's that what I'm hearing. Maybe that's flat. what I'm hearing. <clears throat> but no, good job on the song. Uh, for your outro for today, are you doing anything from the song to play us out? Or do you yeah, why not? It? Let's. I'll just do the outro of the song. So yeah. it's it's basically the same thing um, as the main riff. It's basically based around that, but it's where you start having a little fun with it. All right. So thank you for for watching Tonal Distancing. Thank you for uh, if you have checked out for the people. Thank you very much for the people by KMX. That's me. Thank you for checking out. If you have, if you haven't, I'd really appreciate it. I understand we're all busy, but if you take a little bit of time out, I'll really appreciate it. And let me know. You know, I'd love to hear what you thought. You know, I am very happy to sit here and speak with a Prabhu and hear his thoughts. But I, I, I'm I'm welcome to all thoughts. Um, but yeah, I'll play us out. This is a uh, just kind of outro for the people. It's pretty much the main riff with just a, a little bit more doodles. <laughs>